Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Lake Talks with Sis. We're your hosts, Samana. I'm Inshara. And I'm Sana. On today's episode, we thought that we would talk about mental health because here in Canada, Bell Let's Talk Day just passed. Do you guys want to explain to them what that what that is? Yeah, so Bell Let's Talk is like a national day for mental health awareness and on that day, Bell like raises money for mental health initiatives and organizations. And a lot of people like donate on that day. And then even little things like retweeting or using the hashtag Bell Let's Talk gets like a certain amount of money donated to some organization. Yeah, I think like on Instagram, if you repost, it was like five cents they donated or something like that. Yeah, it's five cents per view, I think. Yeah. And then they I think it's five cents per view. Yeah. Yeah, and they did the same thing on Twitter, too, where they did, like, the hashtag stuff, where you just have to write, oh, let's talk with the hashtag. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I thought that we could talk about, you know, our mental health, you know, what mental health means to us, our experiences with mental health, like, during the pandemic, and then just, like, any stories about, you know, experience with stigma, because we are South Asian, and mental health is not something that our communities talk about. So I thought it was important that we would talk about it um, with each other and obviously our audience as well. Yeah, maybe we can start with uh, the pandemic, just because I feel like that's really relevant right now. Yeah. So how do you guys feel like the pandemic has affected your mental health, you know, in terms of maybe, well, first, let's talk about what mental health like means to us, like how we define it. For me, I think mental health is um, like emotional well-being, um, you know, social well-being, And all of that stuff sort of um, branches into little things like your productivity levels, your energy levels, right? Like all of those things play into um, what mental health is. So what about you guys? Like, how do you define it? So, yeah, I agree. Um, It's the little things that, you know, that affect your day, that impact your life. You know, like if you wake up in the morning and you have low energy, you know, you can't really be productive throughout the day. Like, I think your mental health plays a big impact on that. You know, if you're not feeling your full self, it's going to affect your daily life. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think mental health really comes down to your state of being and how you are within yourself, obviously, because if you're not stable within yourself, then you can't really expect to be stable in your relationships and just with the people around you. So I think it's really important to kind of prioritize your mental health, which I think a lot of people, they neglect it. Um, But I think this pandemic has really forced people to kind of come face to face with it, because we are spending a lot more time with ourselves. And we're kind of forced to like, open the closet and like, see all the skeletons, you know? Yeah, that's one thing I noticed, like definitely during the pandemic, there's a lot more like introspection that you have to do by yourself, because you are alone so much. And so for me, I've like noticed the little things that would, you know, make me unhappy or little things that would make me happy more versus when I was in school and I was busy in my routine, I wouldn't really notice those things. But with the pandemic, it's like definitely come to light more. One thing that we all need to focus on more is kind of being able to enjoy your own company and being able to feel comfortable spending time with yourself, because I feel like people, they can't do that. It's like, okay, they have to constantly check their phone or like, you know, constantly be texting somebody or talking to somebody. 
to feel like um, supported or feel just like to feel wanted and loved and things like that. And I think we kind of need to start making a shift and being able to provide that for ourselves, especially right now in these times, like we're not getting to see people as much as we would like to our loved ones and our friends and our family. And something that I noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed this as well. Maybe this has just happened for me, but I thought like when lockdown and everything happened, that um, I would be more social, like more active on like my social media and like just texting people more and like FaceTiming people more and everything. Um, But I kind of found like there were moments where like I was overwhelmed, like it was just too much. And I kind of like took a step back and found myself like communicating even less with people than like I normally would. I don't know, have you guys noticed that? Or like, what has that been like for you guys in your experience? Yeah, I agree 100%. I feel like before the pandemic, like I was so social, I was talking to so many people, you know, texting all the time. But now I am really surprised if I even talk to two people throughout the day, that's like not in my household, you know, like, I feel like it's so hard to keep up with everything. And like, even like, I have no will to text anyone. I'm like, so just preoccupied with myself, that I don't feel like I need to be social right now. I mean, I think I agree with you, Samana, like I'm not checking my phone and stuff as much, but I'm still being like very um, mindful about like my screen time and like how much time I spend in front of the computer and just like on those apps and stuff. So I'm trying to do other things that don't require computers or iPhones, Um, like, I don't know, reading a book or exercising or cooking, you know, those kinds of things. Um, Yeah, like I knew I would do more of that, but I still feel like I'm always on my computer because I'm working at home so like 90% of my time is spent on my computer which which is sad I don't want to do that but I have no other choice I guess because we're all working from home now I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic like in March like I was doing so much more around the house like you know like I remember we used to send each other pictures of us cooking and like you know working out and everything but I feel like now that we've been in this whole lockdown situation for so long that now it's like I just I don't feel like doing anything and like I'm I'm on my screen a lot more like you know just on YouTube or Instagram uh, TikTok I'm on it all day long so my screen time's pretty high (laughs) so what do you think that has done to your mental health like how is all of this playing into that how are you kind of coping with all of the changes that are happening now? I think for me, like what I did was like having a separation of spaces. Like for example, like I used to do all my work on my bed. I used to literally sit in my bed and do like my work for work. And like anything I was doing was all on my bed because I was too lazy to get out of bed and go on a desk and do work there. So, and then I realized that that affected my like sleep at night. Like I could not sleep. I was so anxious when I was sleeping because I thought I had to work all the time. And then I was like, okay, I I think I should move to my desk because it's more productive. And I like having that separation. So that has helped me a lot, like having a different, like, I don't know, not everybody has a different room to do different things, but like making like compartmentalizing my space, like I have a corner for my desk, I have a corner for my workout mat. And then like wherever my bed is, that's where my bed is. So having like different corners (laughs) in your space is really important. Yeah. And Shara, I fully, fully agree with that. Like 
I used to be like that too. I would do everything on my bed. I would, you know, watch Netflix, do my readings, do work, everything in bed. And like, I would just find by the end of the day, I was so drained and like, just felt so unproductive. And I really, really started to practice that as well. Like now, like I have a rule for myself that I don't take any work in the bedroom. Like if I'm going to be doing work, it's not going to be in my sleeping space because I feel like where you sleep is such a important and like sacred space almost like the, that really affects the quality of the sleep that you're going to get, which in turn is going to affect your energy and like your productivity and everything. So I think it's really important to keep that place like as pure as possible. So yeah, I fully, fully agree with that. I do the same thing. And like, I encourage anybody who is working from home, which is a majority of us now, just try and see like you separate if you are working in your room like move to a different space for like a week and like just see how that's affecting you and see how like your energy is changing because of it yeah I agree um I did the exact same thing at the beginning of the pandemic I was working on my bed and that was not good for me so now I actually go to I luckily have a different room that I can go to and I have a desk in there so I work in there and I never bring any work into my room anymore and I think it does actually help me sleep better at night I have less anxiety 100% like when I was sleeping where I was working I could not sleep at night I would literally be so anxious because I was like oh why am I not doing this what am I doing like I have to get up and like do work and then I would like wake up like hours before my alarm would go off and I would wake up in the middle of the night being like, oh my God, because my brain was so active on like, so whenever I was on my bed, my brain was like, oh, it's time to be active. Like it's time to work. But now it's like, when I go to my bed, it's like, okay, it's time to like go to sleep. Like it's not time to do work. It's time to go to sleep. So having that separation, like, like literally changed my entire routine for sure. Yeah, Sana, what you said just kind of uh, inspired a question. Um, you talked about like, removing the work from your bedroom and things like that kind of reduce your anxiety. I'm just wondering for you guys, like now that we're all working from home and everything is more remote and online, how is that like taking an effect on your anxiety or like social anxiety? Because I know for a lot of people, the transition has been kind of hard. For some people, it's been a lot easier. Um, people who, you know, work better independently and like shy away from group settings and meetings and things like that like now that everything's online how do you guys think that's affecting anxiety or social anxiety I think for me like it's it's helpful to have things online but I still do miss like going in and doing stuff like with people but for me it's been like a little bit easier to do things online just because I don't have to worry about like the commute or like the dre getting dressed, like what am I supposed to wear? Like those little things have been taken away. So now I can just show up like in PJs and do my work and then go back to sleep. So for me, it's like reduced anxiety levels in that sense. I don't have to worry about those little things anymore. Um, but in terms of like the social aspect, I guess I can't really answer that because like whenever I work, I'm by myself and I don't really talk to anybody. So <laughs> I'm not too sure about that part. Um, I agree too. Like uh, what and Shara said about commuting. Um, so like, even though I didn't have a bad commute, my commute was like 
15 minutes max. Um, obviously, like, you know, you have to get up early. And I'm somebody that like, I'll get up an hour and a half before I have to leave the house so that I make sure I leave on time just because, you know, like my anxiety makes me do that. So now it's like better for me because I can wake up, you know, right before work and I don't have to worry about getting dressed, driving, anything like that. Right. And then, yeah, in terms of like, socializing I think for me it's been better because I did start a new position like during lockdown so I didn't have to like meet so many people like right off the bat and like it's like I slowly got into that routine of like going into all these meetings and like meeting people like naturally like if they message me they message me if they don't they don't it's like it's not forced you know like I can choose who I want to interact with so I think it's it's been good in that sense but I also want to add, actually, I just remembered this thing, like, um, for example, for my work, like most of it is independent, but then there are those like occasional meetings and like chats I would have with people. And I actually look forward to that more because I don't get to do that anymore. So I think I actually like interacting with people, even though it's on Zoom, I actually enjoy having those conversations with like meetings and stuff like that, because you never get to really talk to anybody else besides like the people that you're you know living with. So I actually enjoy that part. Yeah, I agree too, because whenever we had meetings back at the office, like everyone was like, oh, we have a meeting, right? But now it's like, okay, you know, I get to talk to people for that, like 10 minutes of the day or half an hour of the day, you know, I think it, I think it's good in the sense that it look, you're looking forward to something. Samana, where are you? I'm here, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with uh, what you guys are saying. I think for me, um, my work yeah, we've been remote for quite some time now. And I was the same way. Like, I hated commuting because like my work is was in Vaughn. So it took me it wasn't that far. It's like maybe 20, 25 minutes if there's traffic. Um, but I also had that same thing. Like, I hate the feeling of being in a rush. Like, I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I just I need to be somewhere on time. And if I'm not like just the whole like idea of like just driving somewhere and that whole thing, like it just makes me feel so uncomfortable and like um, having, getting to avoid all of that, like is, is really helpful. And the meetings too, like for me, I, I'm finding um, honestly, I feel like I'm a lot closer to my coworkers now than I ever was when we were actually in the office together. As weird as that sounds, I think, I don't know. I feel like um, the sense of like, you know, camaraderie has kind of come about because we're all in the same boat and we're all struggling and we're all like trying to navigate this new way of life together. So in a way, I feel like this has brought people a lot closer together. And I think that naturally just makes it easier to feel more comfortable talking to other people because you know that like everybody is in the same boat as you, right? Agreed. Yeah, I think that level of, like you now you have something in common with everybody, right? Like even if you couldn't have a conversation, people now you can because you can just talk about the pandemic. It's a great way to start the conversation. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's all we talk about. <laughs> Literally that and like when we're getting the vaccines, that's it. That's all we're talking about. It's so funny because <laughs> it's like our small talk is not about the weather anymore. It's about like COVID, which is really funny. <laughs> That's so messed up if you think about it. Like we're talking about a pandemic. Like, wow. It's just become so normal. Yeah, that's that's weird. 
Um, so yeah, I was wondering, like, what about you guys when it comes to, I guess, let's get into let's get into the deep stuff, you know, like the, the stigma around um, mental health and like coping with, um, you know, when you're having like when you're stressed out, how do you cope with that? And, and where does that stigma also come from when it comes to like South Asian communities? Because we're known to not like talk about those things, right? And those things are seen as like a weakness rather than like an actual problem. So where do you guys think that comes from? And like, how do you cope with that in your families? So I know that mental health isn't really talked much within like South Asian families, you know, it's just something that in like older generations, it's like, you know, it's all in your head, whatever, it's okay, you'll get over it, you'll move past it, you know, but obviously, it's so much more than that. Um, But I think personally, like, my family is like really supportive. Like if I tell my mom, like, oh, I'm having anxiety about something like right away, she's like trying to talk it out. She's trying to help me through it, you know? And like one thing that she does, which is really super cute that she was doing over the summer is that when I said I have anxiety right now, she would be like, okay, let's go on a walk. That's the first thing that she would do because she knows that that's something that I like doing. And then on the walk, like we would be talking through it and she would be helping me. So it's like, For me personally, I have somebody in my life that like helps me through it. And I know like a lot of people in South Asian families don't have that, which, you know, it's something that like they need to take that into consideration now. You know, we've been trying to get it in their heads for so long that now they should start understanding that it is something really serious and it could be very, very harmful if, you know, if you don't know how to cope with it. Samana, like, what about your experience with it? I think, um, first of all, Sana, that's actually goals. Like, every brown family wants to have some sort of parents like that. Um, For (laughs) me, I think uh, mental health, honestly, is still something that we don't really talk about too much. Um, And I think that's kind of rubbed off on me in the sense that, like, I don't know, I just don't really talk about mental health, like, it just unless like I'm asked about it or it comes up, then I'll talk about it. But with my family, it's not something that um, I think we've ever spoken about really. And it's not because it's not because like if I were to tell them something like they wouldn't be supportive or whatever. It just it's just one of those things that like it doesn't come up and then we just don't talk about it, um, which obviously like you should be able to just have an open conversation about it. And like, as I'm, as I'm like talking this through, I'm realizing that it's not even that I'm like afraid to talk about it with my family. It's just, I don't know, I guess it just got uncomfortable with like the way that things are. And um, I think, yeah, I think as, as the younger generation who is like facing this on a daily basis, it is kind of our job to educate and to make, and to have those difficult conversations and, and make the older generations like try to understand, or even if they don't understand, because most of them, they won't like, I feel like once you're that age, you're kind of stuck in your ways. And like you, you're just very stubborn and your values are your values and your beliefs are your beliefs. So even at the very minimum, like if you can't make them understand, at least make them respect it, you know? Agreed. Like, I feel like that idea, like when they were younger, it wasn't something they really talked about. And then now, now that everyone's talking about it, they're kind of like uncomfortable, I guess, to talk about it because they're like, we never discussed our mental health. Like, what even is that? And now it's come up and they're like, oh, 
oh, okay, we have to talk about it now. And I think for like my family, like we have pretty open discussions about it. And I think that's because it's something I struggled with for such a long time. And I was like very open about like my struggles and stuff, because for me, like a lot of it started, like my mental health got worse when I like immigrated to Canada. And that adjustment was like really big for me to make. Um, And throughout that process, like not even just me, like my entire family, we were going through such a difficult time, like adjusting to a new country, like finding jobs. And that conversation just kind of happened naturally because we were all going through something so difficult together. And I'm, I'm really grateful that like that happened so that now we can talk about it like even more if we're going through something difficult. So kind of similar to you, Santa, but then also kind of similar to you, Saman, because there's never going to be like that, like perfect situation, you know, like it's never going to be like, it's there's still like, there's still that medical aspect is missing from from a lot of like the conversations it's still more like oh like just pray about it or oh like just meditate or like read a book or go out on a walk like it's never like oh like I see this as a medical illness you know that that's still missing I think so what do you think um because there is such a generational gap like between the older generation and us why do you guys think there's been such a spike in mental health like from then till now do you mean like specifically like south asian communities or just like every community in general um we can talk specifically about south asian uh community a lot of reasons why the conversations being brought up is because there's like increased rate of suicide um there is more um just like like a lot of things have come to light, like for example, bullying can lead to worse mental health. Um, other things, even like things like eating disorder, uh, body dysmorphia, those are all under the mental health umbrella. And when you're in a and when you're in a situation that is so social, like we're all so socially connected, we're all on Instagram, Twitter, um, and you're kind of exposed to other people and the way they talk about things and the way they look and all of these things, you automatically are also forced to talk about these things. And I think that's why our generation talks about it is because we have we've seen other people do it in other parts of the world and so now we're kind of being prompted to do that as well like does that make sense like the social media aspect was missing back then and now it is here so because we're seeing other people talk about it we are also like being prompted to talk about it yeah I agree um social media has a big impact on you know your mental health because you can see like how your life can be versus how your life is you know so you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and not even that it's just now because of social media you hear about all these increases in suicide and you know just everything that's going or going on around the world it really does impact your mental health because you know although like you know, there may be some people that are having a harder time than you, you're always going to look at people that are, you know, living their best life, or, you know, maybe they look how you want to look, and you're constantly going to be comparing yourselves to them and being like, why don't I look like them? Why isn't my life like that? Exactly. And when you, for our parents, and for the generations before, they didn't have that, like, they didn't know what was happening with, you know, I mean, they did to some capacity, but not to the level we know. Um, and so they didn't have that extra thing to compare themselves to. They didn't, they didn't see like the suicide rates going up or anything like that. So they never could have had those conversations because those things were in the dark for them the entire time. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, like I think the information overload is just overwhelming. Like even for me, like this morning I had a webinar uh, talking about the whole farmers protest and 
all of these things. And it's like every time you open up Instagram or you open up Twitter, there's a new thing like, oh, this whole thing with the uh, stock market or the whole farmers protest or uh, whatever's happening with Trump or whatever it is, you know, like you just can't get a break. And I think that's another big thing that's kind of happening is people are kind of talking about or saying that it's okay to put your phone away. It's okay to take a minute and to not constantly be reading these things because now we kind of feel this pressure to like keep up with everything. We need to know everything that's going on. And every second there's a new piece of information being being brought to light. And it's just, it's honestly too much. And like, it's really taking a toll on people's mental health. Like people don't know how to cope and how to manage it. And I think the whole movement now of like, you know, it's okay to put your phone away and to just not think about it for some time. It doesn't make you insensitive. It doesn't make you a bad person to just take care of yourself first before you come back and you are able to like confidently face everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. And I think even now, like when you turn on the TV, like they're constantly talking about the pandemic and, you know, like the increasing numbers and everything that's going on with that. And you see all these numbers increasing and you're like, you know, I'm never going to get out of this. Like, how is this going to end? So I feel like that also has an impact on your mental health because you're like, if you're having a hard time dealing with it right now, you're just going to be stuck in that, like, phase where you're like oh this is never gonna end you know like I'm just waiting for this to end and you're constantly just waiting and hoping that it all ends soon but the increasing numbers like are are kind of proving it to be wrong like you know like it's not gonna end anytime soon and this is how our life is right now yeah I I agree like the media is not really helping at all I mean I'm kind of glad they're reporting numbers and we know what's happening around the world like Samana said with the farmers protests and with the stock market and whatever and like that's really important to know what's happening around the world but you also want to like step away from that for once in a while and then I also want to say like I think something else that's also very different from our generation versus our parents is like the increasing like consumerism and materialism that we have to face because A, we're on social media and B, because there's all these like ads around us, not just on social media, but even when we go outside Um, and even on our phones, like those targeted like ads that we all get. And I think when you're in a society that is so like when it's filled with so much like materialism, consumerism, and when everything is just prompting you to buy things and kind of fill that void in yourself, you forget like how to cope with things in a healthy way. And you turn towards those unhealthy habits more. Like, for example, in our parents' generation, like they would play outside for hours and hours and hours and they didn't have phones or anything like that. So the only way they knew how to cope with things was either like talk to each other or go outside, like do some physical activity. Right. And for us, it's like, oh, maybe I'll feel better if I buy this thing on, I don't know, some website. And it's just like, no, that's just temporary, like feel good. Right. Like after that, you're going to go back to your sadness so it's not really like helping to have this extra like consumerism and yeah so how do you like what do you think is the best way to cope with all of this and with our mental health like what is the best way to deal with it or how do you guys deal with it I think one of the main things that I try to do is I try to 
like talk it out like whatever I'm feeling I try to talk to you know either my friends or my family um you know you can also go to a partner or or get professional help if you need it you know there's like so many ways that you can talk it out to somebody and you know just I think that taking breaks throughout the day um is also really important. So, you know, like even during work, like I think working from home, I take so fewer breaks now that I have to force myself to take a break and, you know, just either like, like go and make some tea or talk to somebody, you know, it's like, or go on a walk, you know, like there's so many things that you can do, but I think taking breaks throughout your day does really impact or like help your mental health because, you know, you're taking that break, you're taking a moment to step away from what you need to be doing. And just, you know, you're focusing on yourself, which is something that you really need to do. Uh, Yeah, for me, like, exactly what Santa said, like healthy ways of coping are obviously going outside, like for me, spending time in nature, whether it's walking or going to the lake, like that helps a lot for me. Um, Even things like exercising, like being physically active, at least once a day for I don't know, half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever time you have is important. Um, even other things like um, eating like healthy food once in a while <laughs> helps a lot. Like I said, we're always being targeted with all these like pizza ads. Like I'm a victim of that. But um, <laughs> like once in a while, I try to like, you know, like eat something like healthy just to kind of boost my spirits, you know, and, and make myself feel good about it. And then little like little things also make me feel really good, like making my bed or cleaning my room. Um, even though it's kind of annoying to do sometimes, I think it does help you feel like productive and like you accomplish something that day. Yeah, I agree. I think um, for me, a big thing is uh, I do definitely like meditate a lot and like do yoga and stuff. And like that really, really takes a lot of stress out. And I think it just gives me a lot of structure in my life. And that structure kind of makes things more organized and like less cluttered in my mind and that clarity kind of helps to limit or lower the stress or or the anxiety and I think another big thing for me is if I'm feeling stressed or whatever like strong emotion I'm feeling I'll write Um, definitely writing for me is a big one that helps me to just kind of unload Um, even like, honestly, even if you're not a a writer, or you don't really write, like just have a journal. And just like once in a while, or every morning when you wake up, like just write down um, some things about like how you're feeling, or even like setting kind of um, taking moments for gratitude. And just kind of, you know, when when all these things are happening, just kind of taking a moment to acknowledge like all of the things and all the people in your life that you're grateful for. Um, having that appreciation really puts a lot of things into perspective and makes things seem less daunting. I think that that's a great thing, like writing for you. I know it's really helpful for you, but you know, there's some people that don't like writing. So one thing that my friend was telling me that she does is that she has voice memos. So if she's feeling like, you know, she needs to like talk it out or whatever once a day she goes and she just makes a new voice memo and she just talks about her feelings and you know that's how that's one of her ways to cope so I think that was also a really good idea I also think having like hobbies is important so I know that we talked about like things we used to do pre pre I guess or before in the first wave was like cooking and stuff like that but I think keeping up with those like being consistent with hobbies is also really important because 
like Samana said, that adds structure to your life. So instead of just like working and then going to sleep at night, like put a hobby in there somewhere. Like for us, this is a great hobby for us to have because we can just talk to each other and get close and stuff. But find like something else that you also really enjoy doing because that will give you a structure in your day. Yeah. And go ahead. Uh, just adding on to what you're saying, and I think it's also really important during like the lockdown and everything to find things that you like to do by yourself because you are going to be spending a lot of time alone. So having that time to yourself to just kind of like rejuvenate and recharge is also really important right now. Yeah, and I think um, something that's really important to me is to have a routine. You know, I like to have a set routine to my life because I think that with the lockdown like you know at the beginning we just used to stay up so late and you know wake up whenever we want but I think having a routine is so much better because you know how your day is gonna go so you have something to look forward to you know so I think having a set time of waking up and going to sleep is something that really does um, improve your mental health. I agree with the waking up early thing because I do that and I think that really helps me because if I wake up late, I feel like I lost my entire day and then that makes me feel like crap again. So waking up early, even if you're not a morning person, really, really does help get like a good start to your day. Yeah, I think you guys know I've been struggling with this for like as long as you guys have known me. I've always, always wanted to be a morning person and be able to wake up early and I just find like there are certain periods where I'm doing it consistently and I'm feeling really great, but I just fall back into like this monotonous like cycle and I don't know what it is. I just, I'm really struggling to, to get there, but I know for a fact, like when I'm in that mode, everything just goes a lot more smoothly in my day. And like, yeah, exactly. It frees up so much more time. And that that way, like if you are waking up early, you can like schedule those things in, you can schedule in those hobbies or those activities that you want to do and still have enough time in the day to get everything else done. Yeah. And Samana, like if you're struggling with that, why don't you like like you can stay up late on the weekends if you want and then wake up a little bit later on the weekends. But at least on the weekday, you can like for those five days, you can commit to waking up a little early. And then for those two days, you can just kind of fall off a little, you know, like, I think it's okay to fall off for those two days. But then for the rest of the week, like try to like really push yourself to wake up early. Because I know that's something my sister also struggles with is waking up early. Um, Even when she has classic, sometimes I have to wake her up. And honestly, I just walk into her room and open her curtains. And yeah, (laughs) I would do that for you too if you wanted me to. (laughs) Yeah, I think it just has to come down to you have to really be strict with your schedule. I think if Because I know for me, if there's one day that I fall off, then it's so much more difficult for me to get back in the groove of things. So I think like just being really strict with yourself and, you know, just really sticking to the plan that you set out for yourself is like a huge factor in that. So I think uh, we'll start to wrap up this session today, but I just wanted to end off on one final question um that we were just brainstorming about this and talking about it earlier earlier on today but since we are all women here how do you think our experience with mental health differs from like a man's experience of mental health is there a difference and if there is like what do you think those differences are there's a hundred percent a difference I mean that's just like science 
proving it as well. Like for men, they're more less likely, actually they're less likely to talk about their feelings with other people. And they're also less likely to reach out to their support system to deal with things. Whereas like us, we're so social, like we love talking about our feelings with each other. That's like all we do together. But for them, it's all about like growing out. And, you know, if you're talking about your feelings and you're labeled a certain thing, right? So for them, there's a stigma. There's more of a stigma versus for us. We just love talking about our feelings all the time. Yeah. And I think that something that women do is that like, we like to talk about our emotions, but men like to find solutions like really quickly. Like, you know, they're just going to put their emotions to the side and just try to find a solution and try to avoid talking about anything. Yeah. And like, I, so I do like a research project at the hospital, like on mental health and like patients who visit the eMERGE. And if you actually look at the demographics, like the, the, the women, like the, for younger ages, it's more women visiting, visiting Emerge and accessing like those mental health services. But for um, the older ages, like 40 plus, it's like majority men. And I think that's because that's sort of when you reach like the height of your life. And I think that's when you're going through like those really big changes, like maybe having a child or losing a job or those things like, and that's more kind of, that takes a bigger toll because um, when you're older, you don't really have like We were talking about last time, like when you're younger, you have so many people you can talk to. You can go to your university counseling services. Right. But when you're older, you don't have any of those things anymore. And for men, like I think not having access to those things and then also going through those uh, big life changes, is really hard to deal with um, when when they're older. So I think that's a really interesting like statistic to see that sort of difference in who's going to the services at what age. Yeah, I think that's that's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. Um, I think definitely, definitely there is a stigma, a bigger stigma for men because uh, just showing their emotions and just, you know, like, especially in like yogic culture and stuff, like it's feminine and masculine energy is not viewed necessarily like the way the West views it. Um, There's not like there's more fluidity between these things and like it's it's said that like you are going to be like operating at your highest potential when you can balance those two energies of like masculine and feminine within yourself and I think that's a really beautiful thing and a really beautiful way to look at it because I feel like there's just too many um like dichotomies or too many uh social norms or conventions as to what masculinity is and to what femininity is and if you're a man you can't like be in touch with like yeah like literally your feminine side or like as a woman you can't be in touch with your masculine side and I think we need to focus on moving away from these like binaries and like start to become more fluid in the way that we think about things like just because you are in touch with like the more subtle part of yourself it doesn't mean that like you're not a man and I think that's just a really important thing that I think as a society we need to kind of shift our perspective and start thinking about these things differently because that's the only way that things are going to change and that men and women aren't going to be afraid to be more vulnerable and to speak out about what they're feeling because they're just placed in a box and it's just black and white there's no gray area there's no room to kind of move around within that. And I think it's really important that we kind of 
start to make that shift consciously. I agree. Like, I think we should stop viewing like masculinity and femininity as like opposing things. Like it should be more like they can work simultaneously together and everyone like male, female, whatever you are, like you all, everyone has a masculine and feminine side to them. And like you said, both of those things have different aspects to them that are, you know, good and bad. And so it's about trying to balance those two things out rather than saying like you have to be one or you have to be the other. And and because of that, because we're putting people in those boxes, like you said, that's that's one of the reasons why like males don't reach out to mental health services is because they're they think it makes them feminine, which is a bad thing. When in reality, like it's completely normal to feel emotions, you know, it's part of being a human being. So, yeah, I completely agree that we need to shift away from that binary and move towards something that's more, um, I don't know, something that unifies those two together. But yeah, we can definitely have a bigger and more broader conversation about toxic masculinity and um, uh, patriarchy and like all of these like bigger topics because it does hurt men a lot. And of course, it hurts women too. So we can definitely have a whole podcast on just that as well because there's so much to talk about in that. Yeah, exactly. But I think we're we're out of time for today. So I think we're going to have to wrap it up on that note. Do you guys have any final remarks? I think I'm good. Like, I think I said a lot that I needed to say, and I feel like a a weight has, you know, a metaphorical weight has been lifted off my chest because we got to talk about mental health, which is always so um, difficult to do. And I think it takes a lot of strength to talk about it. So I'm glad that you guys were able to talk about it and we were all able to talk about it together. Yeah, this always feels like every time I leave one of these sessions, like I feel so relieved and just like, so like, it's, like I said last time, it's such a cathartic experience, like being able to talk about this and feeling obviously comfortable and safe to have these conversations. And I think on that note, like it is really important to find those people that you can have these conversations with and like find your circle that you're able to be vulnerable um, because having that support system is so crucial to maintaining a good mental health. Agreed, Samana. Yeah, I agree. And then also, you know, if you need to talk it out more, if you need more help, then obviously there are so many ways to get help. And there's professionals that you can talk to that, you know, will help you in the broader sense. Yeah, I think um, even being in university as a university student, you're not aware of the resources that you kind of have at your fingertips. And there's a lot of uh, like you have access to therapists and counselors, uh, for either like limited amount of money or like free services that you have. So definitely take advantage of those things. And um, I think a lot of people don't even know that there, if, if you are on an insurance policy with your job, uh, you do have benefits and access to um, therapists. And not only that, like I want to open that platform up a little bit, like there are other ways and other resources that you can use to cope with your mental health. Um, there's, um, you can go for, like, you have coverage on massages and acupuncture and things like that. So definitely take a look and like kind of do your research on what is available to you and take advantage of those resources. Okay, guys, I think, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there for today. And you can join us again next week. And please do let us know when we're posting our stories on social media let us know if there's any topics that you guys are interested in that we can discuss the next time. 
but do look out for our episodes. So our episodes, new episodes are coming out every Sunday at 2 p.m. So look forward to that. And as always, you can follow us on our social media. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Lake Talks with Sis. You can also follow us on TikTok at Lake Talks with Sis. And it, it would really mean a lot to us if you guys did leave a review on whatever uh, platform you're listening to this podcast on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, whatever it is that you're listening to this on. Just take a second and leave a review or a comment for us and we will be eternally grateful for that. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we will talk to you guys next week. So stay tuned. Uh, once again, we're your hosts, Samana. I'm Inshara. And I'm Santa. Bye. Talk next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.